Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Exploring Middle Earth podcast. Welcome, all PILFs. Thank Oops. you for being here. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for tuning in. Does anyone tune in anymore? Tuning in. Well, if uh, they, our episodes go up at 12.05 on yeah. Monday morning, so if you wait for it to go up, then you're tuning in. Yeah, I guess it... Uh, yep. Yes, <laughs> that, sir. That makes sense. Uh, so today we're doing a... Um, an episode on a certain character, not necessarily a story or anything. I guess he does. Well, the character has a story, so yeah, big part of the both. story. Um, I, I, I both. I don't know if you would say he's a beloved character, but he's a very popular and well-known character. He's a pop character in the Lord of the Rings. Yes, the and Lord the Hobbit. Of the Rings. Yes, and the Hobbit. Yes. Um. So today we are going to be talking about Gollum. Wait, I thought we were talking about Smeagol. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're talking what about heck? both. Um, <clears throat> I used to be able to do a good Gollum impression. I think I probably still can. I think you do a pretty um, good one. I just haven't done it in a sec, so I don't really know. Uh, maybe I still got it. Let's see. Uh, I got to get in a character. If you need to take time, that's okay. We'll no, here we time. go. All right, all right. I just got to channel Andy Circus. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, give me something to say. Like, Give me something like Gollum would say. Like filthy hobbitses or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, like, filthy hobbitses, I want fishes, something like that. All right. <clears throat> filthy hobbits, I want fishes. That's really good. To Grant. feed my precious. Oh, that's good. He's going over, above and beyond. Golem. He's always an overachiever. Golem. Are you freaking your dog oh, I'm out? I'm freaking my dog <laughs> out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no scary little 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 Golem. gremlin dude in here. Go lay back down. I'm not as good at it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sound like a Minecraft. I guess that's kind of like Gollum. (laughs) Dude, your dog was... Minecraft villager right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Art. Art. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Jay, uh, you're going to kick it off by talking about his early days. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Smeagol. Uh, well, I'm going to be talking about Smeagol. We, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Because uh, just basic info, if you didn't know, before Gollum was Gollum, he was Smeagol. Um, just a name change, you know. Yeah, it was a legal name change. Um, Yeah, I don't know if it's legal. I mean, dude, Hobbits have birth certificates, do you think? Probably not. Yes, it would be hard because I don't think they legally changed. They yeah. would have changed it on his birth In a perfect society. His... <laughs> Smeagol is his Christian name. Yeah, yeah. That's what and they say in old books. <laughs> yeah. What's your Christian name? Yeah, my Christian name. Smeagol is his Christian name. Gollum is his party name. <laughs> his secular name. Yeah. Yeah. So uh uh yeah, so I'll start. So Smeagol <laughs> Yeah, good. <laughs> was born in uh third age twenty four thirty. Um so he's pretty old. Um not when Wait, he, when? Not 2430? When, yeah. Dang. Not when he was born. He wasn't old when he was born. Yeah. He's old when we know him as Gollum. But right. So he was born in the Third Age, and he was a hobbit. Oh. Uh, sorry, the listeners can't hear that. Oh, right. That yeah, was I my, forgot, that was my about that. That was text coming through. Um, He's a storish hobbit. If you want to know more about hobbits, listen to our first episode. Yeah, and just forgive us for the audio. You, you'll have to turn it way up just because it's a little quieter. That's when yeah. we only we had two mics, but they were like not necessarily for recording voices. Yeah, like that, and so they were kind of. Well, no, that first one I think it was just one mic. Oh and yeah, the, and we were all sitting around. And then the <laughs> second one, it was yeah. yeah. But we've upgraded. We tried our best, but yeah, we we have upgraded, so we're, we're good now. Yeah, we upgraded by dropping Zach. 
I'm just kidding. We miss yeah. you, Zach. <laughs> Zach, if you actually listen to this, text us right now. <laughs> and we will be like, whoa, you listen to it. But that's like two weeks later. One week. Or one week later. Unless he waits a week to listen to it. Yeah. Well, uh, Zach, if you're listening to this, just uh, just keep in mind I did not say that <laughs> about you. Also, just keep in mind I did not mean that, but Grant did. Uh, <laughs> also, keep in mind Jay was plotting the whole time to get rid of you. He told me in confidence. Yeah. Where's that? <laughs> huh? Where's confidence? Where, where was that? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, bad joke. It's 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 the uh, it's the next town over from Providence, Rhode Island. Sorry, that was a dead end joke. Yeah, no, no. I thought (laughs) it was kind of funny. It just took me a second. Okay, it's right next to Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, that's good. Yeah, confidence. That's good. That's good. Okay, so yeah, let's start back on Smeagol. He's a storish hobbit, which is just a type of hobbit or a family of the hobbits. Yeah. Um. And he was born in third age, 2430, and he spent his early years of his life living with his extended family um, under a matriarch, his grandma. And grandmama. So girl power. What do, you, <laughs> what do you call your grandma? I just call him grandma. Yeah, I call mine grandma too. I did have uh, another grandma at one point in my life. Um, <laughs> that's a good way of saying she's no longer with us. <laughs> um, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> we did call her grandma, and her name was Dolores. But we mm-hmm. just shortened it to D, and then it was Grandma DD. DD. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I didn't like all my grandparents were just grandpa and grandma. Uh, I can't really say that actually. Grandma DD's husband, we d- I didn't call him grandpa. I called him Yaya. Yeah, oh, that's kind of sick. Yaya. Yeah. Um, but that's because we're Dutch, and that's yeah. a very Dutch thing. Yes. Yaya. Yeah. If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. Ain't, uh, thanks, Jay. I don't. I'm, I'm not very much Dutch. Yeah. But, but thank you. But I'll give it a touch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You ain't, um, mu- you ain't much if you ain't touching Dutch. <laughs> I don't know. You ain't. Yeah. Okay. Yoink. Let's get back to <laughs> let's Sorry. get back to Middle Earth. Dude. Yeah, man. I'm um I'm I'm up to the space right now. <laughs> yeah. So Smeagol, um, he lived in the Shire, but he wasn't in Hobbiton. His um the Storish Hobbits um kind of liked water. They were the only yeah. Hobbits that um were uh that um liked water and lived near water because Scalum was or sorry, Smeagol was a fisherman. Scalum. Scalum. Um uh they lived in the vales of the Anduin. Anduin is a wivo. A wivo. A it's wivo. the great wivo. The great wivo. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh so he would go fishing with his cousin, which is how this whole story starts. Yeah. I've but been fishing with my cousin before. You're kinda like Smeagol. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in the year uh, 2463, so he was 33 years old. Um, nice. Isn't that like almost or right about the coming of age for hobbits? Yeah. Just about. Look at that. Yeah. So, he's getting there. And it was also um, when he went fishing this one particular time with his cousin, Deagle. Yeah. Sick name. Kind of sick. It was his birthday. So... Yeah, so he would be turning 33 that, that day, like he just Yeah, so on his 33rd birthday, he went fishing in the Gladden Fields with his oh. big old, his old cuz Diesel. <laughs> De- <laughs> Deagle, not Diesel. Deagle. These nuts. Deagle. Uh, yeah, the Gladden Fields are like a big marshy area right off the side of the, the Great River. Yes. And um, so I'm going to read from The Lord of the Rings. This is uh, from the... St- chapter shadow of the past 
Um, nice. I'm also going to be reading from that point too. <laughs> nice. Just because there's a lot of well, yeah, it I is. Know, yeah, I'm yeah. not reading the whole thing. Yeah, there's um, a lot of info on Gollum from that point though. And to set the scene, this is Gandalf talking or telling Frodo about Gollum. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of exposition, which we will exposize for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not a word, but I expose. I'd expose. Yeah. Okay, so right. here we go. You ready? Yes. Long after, but still very long ago, there lived by the banks of the great river in the edge of the Willerland a clever-handed and quiet-footed little people. I guess they were of hobbit kind, akin to the fathers of the fathers of the stores, for they loved the river and often swam in it or made little boats of reeds. There was among them a family of high repute, for it was large and wealthier than most, and it was ruled by a grandmother of the folk, uh, stern... Stern and wise in old lore, such as they had. The most inquisitive and curious-minded of the family was called Smeagol. He was interested in roots and beginnings. He dived into deep pools and burrowed under trees and growing plants. He tunneled into green mounds and ceased uh, to look up at the hilltops or the leaves on trees or the flowers opening in the air. His head and his eyes were downward. So, uh, that's just like Smeagol, you know, he's not... After I read that, it kind of seems like he, it's like a metaphor, dude, about how he's not looking towards the future, what's ahead of him. He's always looking down and at the beginning and in the past. And so he doesn't realize what this ring is going to do to him. Yeah. So skipping ahead a little. Um, uh, if you can remind us, what does the word Smeagol mean? Because Smeagol is kind of, kind of an old English, old Germanic word that means something. And it's very similar to the word Smaug. Oh, do you nope. remember that? Is that one of my trivia questions? I don't No, that's not for <laughs> you. I don't know. Um I don't remember what it means. It is it like it means it means to to crawl or burrow. I was, I was gonna say slither, but he doesn't slither. Yeah, I think smaug more means smither. Slither. That makes sense. Um yeah, let me yeah, right here. Smeagol's name deriving from old English smeach is an adjective meaning creeping in or penetrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is etymo- etymologically related to the word smile, which hobbits use for like a burrow. This title was also applied by the Anglo-Saxons to the biblical Cain from the story of Cain's murder of his brother Abel in Genesis. This draws a clear connection Whoa. between the two. Oh, Cain and Abel in Smeagol and Deagle. Oh, I didn't even Whoa. think of that. Smeagol is the translation of an actual Westron name, Trehald, the meaning of which was burrowing or worming in. Or apt to creep in a hole. In both Westron and Old English, Smeagol's name is related to Smaug's. Smaug's name in true Dalish was Tragu, and the Tra stem in Trahold and Tragu is thus an analog of the Germanic stem present in both Smeagol and Smaug. Tolkien explained in his Guide to the Names in the Lord of the Rings the ori- origin of the name Smeagol in the Lemma on Smiles. Smiles, a word peculiar to hobbits, not in the common speech, meaning burrow, leave unchanged. It is a form that the Old English word smeagol, burrow, might have had if it had survived. The same element appears in Gollum's real name, Smeagol. The name Smaug, which means squeezed through a hole, is thus related. That's interesting. Yeah. I also never thought of that Cain and Abel yeah. parallel. I mean, I feel like I've I've heard it before and maybe we've talked about it before, but I definitely forgot about it, so... Yeah, so this is, thanks for that, Grant. That was very informative. Yes, no problem. So this is a little further on down there. So him and Smeagol and Deagle go fishing, and uh, 
it says uh, suddenly a great fish took his hook and before he knew it where he this is deagle before he knew it where he was he was dragged down or dragged out and down into the water to the bottom then he let go of his line for he thought he saw something shining in the riverbed and holding his breath he grabbed at it then he came up spluttering with weeds in his hair in a handful of mud and he swam to the bank and behold when he washed the mud away there in his hand lay a beautiful golden ring and it shone and glittered in the sun so that his heart was glad but Smeagol had been watching him from behind a tree as Deagle gloated over the ring Smeagol came softly up behind and then so Smeagol is talking to him and Smeagol I'm not going to read the whole story because it's, okay. it's fun for people to read so go read this if you're interested but so Smeagol um, wants the ring because he wants it for his birthday and so uh, let me get to the part where he oofs him uh Okay, um, okay, so, uh, so Smeagol is, or Deagle's t- responding to Smeagol saying he wants it for his birthday to give it to him. Uh, he's, he said, I've given you a present already, more than I could afford. I found this and I'm going to keep it. And then, oh, you are indeed my love, said Smeagol, and he caught Deagle by the throat and strangled him. Because the gold looked so bright and beautiful, then he put the ring on his finger. No one ever found out what had become of Diesel. He was De- <laughs> I keep saying Diesel. Deagle. He was murdered far from home. His body was cutting, cunningly hidden. But Smeagol returned alone, and he found that none of his family could see him when he was wearing the ring. He was very pleased with the discovery and concealed it. And he used it, used it to find out secrets and put his knowledge to crooked and malicious uses. He became sharp-eyed. Uh, and keen-eared for all that was hurtful. So he uh, just uses the ring, and it's slowly overtaking him and using it for evil. Um, so then he was expelled from his family, and turned. they turned him out. The grandma turned him out of her hole. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> uh, so he wandered in, the lonely, <clears throat> wandered in the loneliness, weeping a little for the hardness of the world, and he journeyed up the river till he came to the stream that flowed down from the mountains, and he went that way. He caught fish in deep pools with invisible fingers and ate them raw. Raw. And he goes, give it to me raw. That's not. Okay, I got to get it. Give it to me raw. Give it to me. (laughs) This is too deep. I can't do this. Golem. Golem. Here, why don't. What would Golem sound like before he. What would Smeagol sound like? (laughs) Hello, give it to me raw. (laughs) I. I. Give give it it to to me me raw. raw. (laughs) I. Give it to me raw. Don't give it to me at all. That was good. You come up with that? Yeah. Wow. I, that's not an accent that's ever been heard before. <laughs> oh, I meant the saying. Oh. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I did come up with the saying, yeah. Give it to me raw. Don't give it to me at all. I think I came up. I don't know. It just came to me, man. You just came up with it there. Yeah. Well, Um. so then a little later on, one day it was very hot, and as he was bending over pool, he felt the burning on his back of his head, and the dazzling light from the water pained his wet eyes. He wondered at it, for he had almost forgotten about the sun. Then, the last, then for the last time, he looked up and shook his fist at her. But as he lowered his eyes, he saw far above the tops of the misty mountains, out of which a stream came. Uh, and he thought suddenly, it would be cool and shady under those mountains. The sun could not watch me there. The roots of the mountains must be root, root. The roots of those mountains must be roots indeed. There must be great secrets buried there which have not been discovered since the beginning. So he journeyed by the night into the highlands and found a little cave 
out of which the dark stream ran, and he wormed his way like a maggot into the heart of the hills and vanished out of all knowledge. And the ring went with him. So, uh, I don't, he's technically not Gollum yet. He's still Smeagol. But, um, so he kills his cousin and then the ring slowly overtakes him and, uh, he makes his way into the mountain, which is where Bilbo meets him. But, uh, before that, if you're wondering why is the ring just in the middle or the bottom of that river, it was Isildur after he cut it off, uh, Sauron's fingy or cut off Sauron's hand and then took it from his fingy. Um, it's when Isildur was killed by the band of orcs. He dove into the river with the ring on and then it fell off and then he was shot and then it sat there for a long, long time. Shot with a pistol. Yeah. Um, no, Grant. Sorry. With a bow and arrow or oh, crossbow. My bad. my bad. Um, and, uh, so he, so Deagle found it. So technically Deagle was a ring bearer before that. True. So it's Sauron. Isildur, quickly Deagle, then Smeagol, and Gollum. And then we'll find out who else was a ring bearer. Yeah, so Gollum was, is the fourth ring bearer. And, uh, not the last. Um, and, uh, so then he's in that cave for a long time. And he long time. feeds off of, um, he was in there for over 400 years, and he lived on, uh, raw fish, blind fish, also because it's so dark the fish don't eat eyes. Oh, true, true. Um, bats and occasionally small goblins. Uh, when there would be goblins that stray away from their band, he would take them and eat them. But he, You know what he would do? What? He would gobble them. Yeah. <laughs> goblin these nuts. Goblin. Goblin these nuts. Goblin these uh, fish. Goblin these blind fish. Um, so, yeah, so he also had a small rowboat in there. Because um, <laughs> he was just, that's that's what he liked. He liked fishing. Uh, well, how did he get a rowboat? He either built it, yeah, found it, or brought it. <laughs> yeah, no, those are all good explanations. Thank <laughs> that's, you. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, because if, uh, if he built it, then he would have had to have been somewhat skilled in making, like, boats before he was Gollum, you know? Mm-hmm. Unless, like, the ring gave him knowledge to do that. But they then, gave like, him boat blueprints. Yeah. <laughs> But then where where would he get the wood? Like would they would the goblins have like wood in their caves or something like that? I'd assume like they would because I assume they would. Or <laughs> or I, is there like some like like maybe further up in the caves there was like some like kind of underground tree in a large cavern or I don't know. I feel like he would have gotten it from the goblins because the goblins had their whole city down there. Oh yeah, and it was made out of like wood planks and like Yeah, so it would have had to been from Yeah, there. yeah, you're right, yeah. I was just thinking for he some He could reason. have stolen it from the goblins. Yeah. There you go. That's I was I just thinking it was like their city was carved out of stone, so I was trying to wonder where he got the wood from. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you, Jay. You're welcome. Thank you for walking me through yeah, that. Yeah, so, uh, so he's, in the, he's in the Misty Mountains. The Misty Mountains Cold. Yeah. Right, so I go, I'll go low. You go a little higher. Okay, you ready? Far over... The misty mountains cold. Okay. So he was there with his wing, his ring, <laughs> the one ring. Oh, the w- okay. to woo them all. Okay. So uh, during the centuries, under the ring's influence, he developed a sort of dissociative identity disorder. 
So this is where he becomes Gollum, but not fully Gollum. He has Smeagol, which is his good personality, which experienced and remembers uh, things like friendship and love and warmth and beauty and just good things. Yes. And then he has his bad side, Gollum, uh, Gollum which uh, is per- is prevailing personality, which was a slave to the ring and uh, would try to kill anybody who took it. And it was also influenced by just being in the dark all the time and being alone. Uh, so, and it's kind of like this, um, you see it in the movies and the books and just in his dialogue, Smeagol and Gollum talk to each other. Um, so, yeah. and it's usually Smeagol trying to, uh, uh, trying to get Gollum to not do something. Um, so he's in that cave for a long time, just living life, doesn't really have a plan and um if you know anything about the ring the ring has a plan so the ring's like i gotta get out of here dude this guy's a deadbeat um this place is a dead end yeah quite literally literally so um literally so i'm sorry i didn't i didn't mean to make fun of you (laughs) so one day a little bitty ibby hobbit walks in about the size of a little baby yeah and his name is bilbo Bilbo. Bilbo. So now we're getting to the Hobbit, the book part. Um, And this is where Gollum is introduced. So I'm just going to quick read part of his introduction. Because uh, this will give give a good idea of what he's like into caves. Um, uh, Deep down here by the dark uh, water lived old Gollum. A slimy, a small slimy creature. I don't know where he came from, nor who or what he was. He was Gollum. As dark as darkness, except for two big round pale eyes in his thin face, he had a little boat, and he rode about quite rode about quite quietly in a lake. For a lake it was, wide and deep and deadly cold. He paddled on it with large feet dangling over the side, but never a ripple did he make. Um, and uh, and so Gollum lived on a slimy island of rock in the middle of the lake. He was watching Bilbo. Now, from the distance with his pale eyes like a telescope, Bilbo could not see him, but he was wondering a lot about Bilbo, for he could not see, for he could see that he was not a goblin at all. So, Bilbo walks in, and Bilbo finds the ring, because remember, Bilbo falls, finds it, put it, puts it in his pocket, lock it, put it, lock it, put it in my pocket. <laughs> um, I couldn't remember the rhyme. So, um, Gollum's like, I could eat this guy, but I'm gonna play. It. Uh, but Bilbo's like, let's do, let's play a riddle game. Also, because he had a sword. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So Gollum's Gollum and Bilbo play a riddle game, and um, I'm not gonna read each riddle because it's crazy long. It's not really long, but no. you guys don't want you guys didn't come here just to hear me read the entire thing. <laughs> um, but so they have the riddle games and um. You know what? You want to do a riddle game right now? I'll read you the riddle. Oh, and I respond as Gollum? Yeah, and I don't remember the riddle, so you can read a different one. Or I'll read you a riddle. You have to respond as we're answer what you think the answer is. Do, well, or do you remember the riddles? I, I mean, I do remember the riddles, yeah. Okay, well, let's see. What has roots as nobody sees is taller than trees. Up, up it goes, yet it never grows. Like I'm not gonna be able to respond like exactly as it. No, is just written. give the answer. Like okay. it, like it's trivia. As Gollum or just no, just okay. as Grant. Mountains. Yes, Grant. What's in my pocket? Just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, nothing or lint. Yes. Okay. An eye in a blue face saw an eye in a green place. That eye is like this eye, said the first eye, but in a low place, not in a high place. I don't remember how this one is worded, but it's like uh, a sun looking down on like a daisy or something. Yes, yeah, sun yeah. on the daisies. Yeah. That was good, Grant. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, And then why don't you answer this one? What's in my pocket? <laughs> I don't know. It's the ring. Oh. So Bilbo runs out of uh, riddles to riddle with Gollum. And so he brings or he gives the ultimate riddle, which is kind of cheating. He says, "What's in my pocket?" That's not really a riddle because there's no clues. Yeah, but so and it doesn't rhyme. Yeah, he said, "What's in my pocket?" You got to lock it. He could have said that. That would have been cool. Um, but so he says, "What's in my pocket?" And Gollum gets pissed. Dude. P- Gollum's P- like, "What the freak?" P owed. So Gollum. Uh, is angry, so he goes to attack him, and Bilbo slips that ring on, and he is like, "Oh shoot, I'm invisible," and he figures that out because he trips, and as he trips, because he's running away, he trips. Yeah. As he trips, the ring slips on. Wait, let me. Get... That's what the sound it made for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and then weird. I don't know. He's like, "Oh shoot, Gollum's coming on me." <laughs> <laughs> I meant, "Oh shoot, Gollum's coming towards me, and he's gonna jump on me," <laughs> and. <laughs> Then I Gollum, can, I can I I refuse <laughs> to believe that that was not planned. I didn't I didn't think that at all. Um, and Gollum runs past him, and he's like, "Wait, I'm invisible." I thought I said I it know. wrong the first yeah, time. No, you didn't. So Gollum is chasing him out, and then he re- Gollum realizes realizes Bilbo has the ring, and he's getting mad. Um, and then uh, Bilbo is stuck between going back in the cave. Or getting past Gollum because Gollum is at the entrance of the cave. Because, you know, Gollum's not going to run out into the sun. Yeah. Um, so then... What's uh, what's that one disease called where you can't have exposure to the sun? Is that lupus? I don't remember. Isn't it, uh, look it up. ginger? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. That's really... That's really uh, well, yeah. Well, Grant's looking that up. I'll read this section. What is that word? Uh, that's really insensitive of me. Insensitive. You're trying to think of an insensitive word? No. I was trying <laughs> to think of what the word insensitive was. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Okay. So he tra- this is Bilbo think- This is Bilbo as he's deciding how to get past Gollum because there's goblins coming up. Uh, he trembled. And then quite suddenly in another flash as he lifted, as if lifted by new strength and resolve, he leaped. No great leap for a man, but a leap in the dark. Straight over Gollum's head he jumped, seven feet forward and three in the air. Indeed, he had known it. Indeed, ha- indeed, had he known it, he had only just missed cracking his skull on a low arch passage. Gollum threw himself back and grabbed as the hobbit flew over him, but too late. His hands snapped on thin air, and Bilbo, falling fair on his sturdy feet, sped off down the new tunnel. He did not turn to see what Gollum was doing, and there was a hissing and cursing almost at his heels at first, then it stopped. All at once... Uh, there came a blood-curdling shriek uh, filled with hatred and despair. Gollum was defeated. He dared not go further. He had lost. Lost his prey and lost, too, the only thing that he had ever cared for. His precious. The cry brought Bilbo's heart into his mouth, but still he held on. No faint, Now faint as an echo, but menacing, was the voice came behind him. 
Thief, Thief, Thief Baggins. We hates it. We hates thief, it. Thief. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. Baggins, we hates it. You're freaking your dog out again. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have to get used to that one. Then there was silence, but that too seemed menacing to Bilbo. So, Gollum is in his cave without the wing. He's in his bag, man. Um, so I looked up some diseases and <laughs> I couldn't really find anything. It's just talking about how excess sun exp- exposure can kind of cause autoimmune diseases. But in the autofill of Google, <laughs> if you look up diseases and stuff, it says disease where you think you have diseases, <laughs> disease that keeps you from growing, <laughs> disease <laughs> where you think you have everything, disease where your body fights itself. Disorder where you think you have diseases. <laughs> what illness is going around? <laughs> a disease that affects the human body. <laughs> disease in the body. Dang. So I didn't, I didn't find anything, but let me look up what lupus is. Okay, well, Grant's going to look up what lupus is. We'll go to an ad break because we're left off with Bilbo has the ring. Gollum is freaking out, but he's in his cave, and he wants to get the ring back. So we're going to go to an ad, and when we come back, Grant will... Tell us what lupus is and the rest of Gollum's story. Yes. Hey, everyone. Have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong in the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Exploring the Diseases of the Human Body. (laughs) Um, On this episode, we are going to be looking at lupus. Um, So it says on mayoclinic.org. Good clinic. This is an organization. I love Mayo, so this looks like a good website. Um, Overview. Lupus is a disease that occurs when your body's immune system attacks your own tissues and organs. It is an autoimmune disease. Uh, (laughs) Inflammation caused by lupus can affect many different body systems, including your joints, skin, kidneys, blood cells, brain, heart, and lungs. Lupus can be difficult to diagnose because its signs and symptoms often mimic those of other ailments. The most distinctive sign of lupus, a facial rash that resembles the wings of a butterfly unfolding across both cheeks, occurs in many but not all cases of lupus. Some people are born with a tendency toward developing lupus, which may be triggered by infections, certain drugs, or even sunlight. While there's no cure for lupus, treatments can help control systems. So I guess it can be caused by an excess amount of sunlight. Dang. Um... So if you have a rash on your face that looks like a butterfly wings, like on each side of your face, um, I'm sorry, you probably have lupus. Dang. Uh, well, let's bring this back up with some happy Gollum stuff. <laughs> yeah, real happy. Um, so yeah, so now Gollum has uh, lost his precious, and Bilbo has escaped with the ring. So that is where I will start off on his story. After Bilbo had escaped from Gollum's grasp, uh, Gollum lay brooding beneath the caves of Goblin Town for two more years before the memory of the ring drove him mad and he desired desired, <laughs> desired to find it once more. So he waited uh, two whole years of just moping around in his cave yeah. before he got out. Um, and then Gollum moved by the night once he actually left the cave. 
um, because he was mortified of the sun and even the moon. He didn't want to get lupus. And, you know, um, now that the ring was no longer corrupting him day after day, he grew stronger and the fresh air and fresh food from all the fishes and the rivers of the mountains, uh, they invigorated him and he became all the more eager and able to find Bilbo's trail. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is his trail is two years old. Ooh. So, uh, so yeah, Gollum was kind of, he, he sort of found Bilbo's trail, uh, just kind of old sense and um, just kind of like tales of the dwarves and the hobbit, you know, like from people around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he went past Bjorn's Lodge and he went into Mirkwood and went all the way past the elves and all the way to Lake Town, um, which was just in ruins by that point, and then even to the newly rebuilt Dale in Erebor is where he ended up. Um, and because the men of Dale still told tales and sang songs of Bilbo and the dwarves, um, Gollum was able to overhear some important information from them, such as where he lived or where you know where he came from and what trail he took back, that sort of thing. Um, and so perhaps hearing more about where the Shire and Bilbo was. Um, well, yeah, I just said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be, it might be. That's okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so anyways, so once he heard about kind of where the Shire was, uh, cause like he knew what the Shire was, he knew that was where Bilbo lived, but he didn't know where it was exactly. So he kind of had an idea that it was over West beyond the Misty Mountains. Far um, over. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So Gollum turned back west and went back through Mirkwood, and this time, under the guidance of Gandalf, those little wood elves of Thranduil were able yeah. to track Gollum down. But Gollum was too sneaky, and he could not be caught. So now um, Gollum made his way uh, like west through Mirkwood, and he went down to the Vales of Anduin again. Um, and that is, I'm going to read a little passage also from same chapter that Jay first read from. Nice. Shadows of the Past. I get there. I'm almost there. A few more Shadows pages. of the Past. Uh, yeah. So this is when, of course, uh, Gandalf is talking to Frodo about kind of the stories that he heard of Gollum's escape and kind of what he knew and that sort of thing. Um, so here we go. This is uh, here we go. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to have to do Gollum or yeah, I'm going to do everyone's voices. Here we go. That is a sample of his talk. I don't suppose you want any more. I had weary days of it. But from hints dropped among the snarls, I gathered that his padding feet had taken him at last to Esgaroth, and even to the streets of Dale, listening secretly and peering. Well, the news of the great events went far and wide in Wilderland, and many had heard Bilbo's name and knew where he come from. Or where he came from. <laughs> where he come from. We had made no secret of our return journey to his home in the West. Gollum's sharp ears would soon learn what he wanted. Then why didn't he track Bilbo further? asked Frodo. Why didn't he come to the Shire? Ah, said Gandalf, now we come to it. I think Gollum tried to. He set out and came back westward, as far as the great river. But then he turned aside. He was not daunted by the distance, I am sure. No, something else drew him away. So my friends think, those that hunted him for me. The wood elves tracked him first, an easy task for them, for his trail was still fresh then. Through Mirkwood and back again it led them, though they never caught him. The wood was full of the rumor of him, dreadful tales even among beasts and birds. The woodman said that there was some new terror abroad, a ghost that drank blood. It climbed trees to find nests, and it crept into holes to find the young, and it slipped through windows to find cradles. But at the western edge of Mirkwood the trail turned away. 
It wandered off southwards and passed out of the wood elves' ken, and I was lost. Er, and they were lost. <laughs> might be, might be. And That's then okay. I made a great mistake. <laughs> yes, Frodo, and not the first, though I fear it may prove the worst. Well, he's just rhyming out here, man. I let the matter be. I let him go, for I had much else to think of at that time, and I still trusted the lore of Saruman. So, basically, the... What else were able to track him a little bit, but he was too sneaky and he couldn't be caught. And uh, he was just terrorizing the countryside. He, uh, The people who lived in that area told tales of a ghost that drank blood. Oof. That was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so Gollum ends up turning southward because it was in that year, as Gandalf says, that Sauron openly declared himself. And so Gollum's thoughts were distracted. You know, he was focused on Sauron and Mordor rather than Gollum. He's like, oh, that's just something small. We'll worry about him later. Um, as he said, that was a big mistake because they were connected, though he didn't know it. Yes. Um, and because Sauron, the original master of the ring and the creator of the ring, had returned, Gollum, um, through kind of like his lust and his desire for the ring, was turned towards Mordor to its master. So that's why instead of continuing westward, he started going south. So now uh, we continue on Gollum's journey. So uh, though it is unknown why, uh, perhaps Gollum knew what he was or knew what was waiting for him in Mordor. It took Gollum thirty years of wandering before he eventually wow. plucked up the courage to enter through the western mountains around Kirith Ungol and Minas Morgul. Um, and in those caves of the mountain pass, Gollum met Shelob, a Ooh. giant evil spider born from the Elder Days as the last offspring of Ungoliant. She at first wanted to eat Gollum, but seeing he was far too bony and more clever uh, than he was uh, a treat, um, she agreed to help him get his revenge on Bilbo if he was to bring her some treats in the form of hobbits, man, or elf. Um, so Gollum was let go and continued on into Mordor. Um... Uh, after wandering for a short while, Gollum was captured by the forces of Sauron. I mean, it's not hard to in Mordor. We're, it's literally all orcs. Yeah. Uh, and for many years, he was held in a dungeon and tortured to gain any information about the ring or about Bilbo and the Shire, as those names were now revealed to Sauron. Um, and then at this time, Gandalf realizes Bilbo's ring uh, is a strong ring of power. He didn't know it was the one, but he had a hunch. Um, and he returned his thoughts back to finding Gollum. But, I mean, 30 years had passed, and the trail was way too cold. That's more than two years. <laughs> so there's kind of like no hope of finding it at all. But mm -hmm. he did figure out that Gollum did go into Mordor, because that's kind of where the trail went cold. Um, in 3017 of the Third Age, Gollum was let loose uh, from Mordor, and he was led to believe he had escaped so that he could... Um, kind of go freely and wander without thinking he was being followed um he wandered around the dead marshes kind of unsure of what to do because he you know he wanted to go to the shire but he kind of felt you know yeah like he wanted to go to mordor because he was drawn there but he wanted to go to the shire to find the rings so he was kind of torn in half and then uh it was at in the dead marshes that he was captured by a friend of gandalf's named aragorn oh, yes yes but not much happens yes, with Aragorn. Sir. Just because uh, Aragorn captures him and then all he does is just take him up to the elves. So uh, now that Aragorn had captured Gollum, he was slowly brought northwards to Mirkwood. And along the way, Gollum would nip and bite at Ar Aragorn. Sorry, I almost messed up and said Aragorn. And, uh, and cursed him a lot. So Aragorn was just like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm done with you. 
Um, and uh, <laughs> I wrote down, in response, Aragorn would beat him <laughs> to get Gollum off of yeah. him day after day until he finally brought Gollum to Gandalf and the Wood Elves. So it was kind of a long, grueling journey. He was kind of happy to get rid of him. Um, so Gandalf, this is when Gandalf interrogates Gollum, and that's how he figures everything uh, out in the shadow of the past. So Gandalf interrogates Gollum intensely, but Gollum would uh, would not give a straight answer about the ring. Uh, he called it his precious many times, um, and that it was a birthday present given to him by his grandmother, who apparently possessed many magic rings. So not only was he at first thinking it was a birthday present given to him by Deagle, or that it should have been, now he's saying it's a birthday present given to him by his grandmother. Mm-hmm. So Gandalf was kind of seeing through that because it didn't seem right. Uh, slowly through threat of fire and other terrible things, Gollum would reveal snippets of the actual truth but would not venture anywhere near the subject of Mordor and only spoke of revenge when it came to it. Uh, and finally feeling he had learned enough uh, to fit the puzzle pieces together, Gandalf let Gollum go into the captivity of the Wood Elves. He didn't just let him go. Um and then in 3018, so a year later, the orcs raided the realm of Thranduil and Gollum was able to escape. This was obviously a coordinated attack to free Gollum because he was up in a tree because uh, he wanted to smell the fresh air and the wood elves would just sit at the bottom of the tree to watch over him. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of like a coordinated attack to free Gollum so he could lead Sauron to Bilbo, even though he didn't know he was doing that. Um but how Gollum had communicated with Sauron's forces is kind of unknown. Like maybe there was like some flying beast that was around or something. I don't know. Telepathically. Well, do you think, yeah. you know how when people put on the ring or when the hobbits, whatever, who's putting on the ring, um, Sauron can see them? Yeah. knows where they are? Yeah. I think actually it's somewhere in some of the writings by Tolkien, I think if you do wear the ring people who have like the willpower capable of using it to its you know max capacity they can communicate telepathically with other people so do you think him and sauron like communicated when he was in the cave for like 500 years yeah well i don't know about that because i don't think sauron was like fully back so i don't think he would have done it but i think sauron was able to kind of telepathically maybe not communicate like a conversation but i think he was able to kind of read Gollum's thoughts while he was in yeah. Mirkwood and maybe he saw that he was up in a tree so he's like oh next time he's up in a tree like on his next fresh air break uh we'll go and attack mm-hmm. so i think maybe that might have been how it went down but yeah anyways so the wood elves pursued Gollum and the orcs tirelessly um until he went within moria to lose his captors and then he was lost in the dark there and now comes the Fellowship of the Ring. Dun, 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 so uh, dun, now, dun, 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 now that he's dun, in Moria, <laughs> dun, 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 that's Indian Mbamba Jones. Mbamba Jones, <laughs> thanks Jay uh, yeah. for all of that. That was great. Um, so now in Moria, um, Gollum went all the way to the western gates and the doors of Durin, but uh, he could not open them from the inside. Uh, also, he was probably not strong enough, but. Uh, so he was kind of trapped, and he wandered around looking for scraps of food left behind the orcs that were living there. And then he stayed there for quite a few months until January of 3019. Um, and it was at this point that the Fellowship of the Ring had entered Moria after being discouraged on the Redhorn Pass with the blizzard and everything. Yeah. And they enter in through the doors of Doran in the west because um, you can open it from the outside. 
you know, the password, and Gollum followed closely as they went eastward. Then, when Gandalf fell into the chasms below fighting the Balrog, somehow Gollum was able to make it across. He can jump, dude. Probably yeah, he's he got hops. Probably got hops. Mad yeah. hops. So Gollum crosses over the chasm somehow. Maybe there was like some side passage that he was able to go through. I don't know. Had an um, orc throw him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he was able to follow the fellowship uh, as they made their way to Lorien. Um, and so now the fellowship is in Lorien, Lothlorien, for those of you. Go Um And so now I have another passage. Uh, here we go. Let's see. All right, this is when they um, meet some of the elves of Lothlorien, and they're kind of spending the night up in those little treehouse places, the the Talon. That'd be nice. Yeah. So Frodo lay for some time awake and looked up at the stars glinting through the pale roof of quivering leaves. Sam was snoring at his side long before he himself closed his eyes. He could dimly see the gray forms of two elves sitting motionless with their arms about their knees, speaking in whispers. The other had gone down to take up his watch on one of the lower branches. At last, lulled by the wind in the bows above and the sweet murmur of the falls of Nimrodel below, Frodo fell asleep with the song of Legolas running in his mind. Late in the night he woke. The other hobbits were asleep. The elves were gone. The sickle moon was gleaming dimly among the leaves. The wind was still. A little way off he heard a harsh laugh. Oh, I thought I read that one wrong for a second. He heard, okay. he heard a harsh laugh and the tread of many feet on the ground below. There was a ring of metal. The sounds died slowly away and seemed to go southward, on into the wood. A head appeared suddenly through the hole in the flat. Frodo sat up in alarm and saw that it was a gray-hooded elf. He looked towards the hobbits. What is it? said Frodo. Yerk, said the elf in a hissing whisper. Hissing. <laughs> in a hissing. I said that hisping. one wrong. In a hissing whisper and cast on the flat uh, ra- rope ladder <laughs> rolled up. Uh, yerk or erk, whatever. Uh, is orc Yer- is basically orcs in Elvish, um, yeah. And then <laughs> this is what Frodo says: "Orcs," said Frodo. "What <laughs> are they doing?" But the elf had gone. There were no more sounds. Even the leaves were silent, and the very falls seemed to be hushed. Frodo sat and shivered in his wraps. He was thankful that they had not been caught on the ground, but he felt that the trees offered little protection except concealment. Orcs were as keen as hounds on a scent, it was said, but they could also climb. He drew out Sting, and it flashed and glittered like a blue flame, and then slowly faded again and grew dull. In spite of the fading of his sword, the feeling of immediate danger did not leave Frodo. Rather, it grew stronger. He got up and crawled to the opening and peered down. He was almost certain that he could hear stealthy movements at the tree's foot far below. Not elves, for the woodland folk were altogether noiseless in their movements. Then he heard faintly a sound like sniffing, and something seemed to be scrabbling on the bark of the tree trunk. He stared down into the dark, holding his breath. Something was now climbing slowly, and its breath came like a soft hissing through closed teeth. Then, coming up close close to the stem, Frodo saw two pale eyes. They stopped and gazed upward, unwinking. Suddenly, they turned away, and a shadowy figure slipped round the trunk of the tree and vanished. Immediately afterwards, Haldir, who was the elf, (laughs) came climbing swiftly up through the branches. There was something in this tree that I have never seen before, he said. It was not an orc. It fled as soon as I touched the tree stem. It seemed to be wary and to have some skill in trees, or I might have thought it was one of you hobbits. Uh, And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all I was going to read. So we can see Gollum is being a little sneaky. A sneaky guy. A little sneaky dude. A little sneaky guy. He's being all creepy. Um, Yeah, so 
they go through Lothlorien and Gollum, after being scared away by that elf, he um, he kind of hides around the Great River, um, and then he waits for the Fellowship to depart from Lothlorien, and then he follows them down the river on a floating log that he's clinging to. Um, and the whole time, actually, on the river, as the whole Fellowship is going down, uh, Aragorn is actually aware that Gollum is following them because Aragorn's also stealthy. He's goaded. Yeah, and he was kind of able to look around and uh, spot Gollum. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, the whole thing with Boromir and uh, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so Frodo and Sam departed <laughs> the Fellowship uh, by the falls of Rauros, and Gollum followed them. Rauros. Yeah, Ra- 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 <laughs> <laughs> Gollum followed through the treacherous terrain of the Amin Mule, uh, which are those hills, uh, until he was discovered by the two hobbits, and he was captured by elven rope that burned him, and he was also threatened with Sting. Um and he was made to swear to Frodo that he would lead them to Mordor since he had been there before, and he chose to swore, swear on the ring, which would then force him to actually comply when it came down to it. Um, Dang. Because the ring was very powerful, and it would bend your will to it uh, so that it could work you work you good. Work it out. Uh, and then Gollum led Frodo and Sam through the Dead Marshes, where he had also been before, and to the very Black Gate of Mordor. Uh, seeing no way in, Frodo asked if there is uh, any other option to enter Mordor, to which Gollum said, uh, yeah, sure. Um, oh, for sure, man. Uh, you asked me to lead you to the Black Gate, and that's what I did, and you didn't ask any other thing, so that's what it was. Uh, but Gollum is obviously uncomfortable and doesn't really tell the whole truth about the other way, um, but he does obviously see his opportunity to finally lead them to Shelob and take the ring from them uh, while she feasted. So he leads them into Gondor and on the road to Minas Morgul. Uh, along the way, the conflicted Gollum is treated with kindness by Frodo, but treated with contempt by Sam, causing his two personalities to really be distinct. Um, and those two personalities Sam dubs Slinker and Stinker. Stinky. Slinker would be Smeagol, which I guess Slinker almost does mean Smeagol, kind of yeah. slinking, slinking around. And then Stinker is Gollum, because that's the more evil and malicious one. Because he's a little stinker. Yeah. Uh, The old Gollum, um, Smeagol, has now returned because of the kindness of Frodo and his oath to the ring. Um, It was pity that brought it about, a change that had been planted ever since Bilbo refused to kill Gollum beneath Goblin Town. Um, So then, anyways, the three hobbits, because Smeagol is technically a hobbit, are led through Athelion until Faramir and the rangers of Athelion capture them. Gollum evades capture but follows the rangers to Henneth and Noon, their secret base of operations. Uh, by fishing in the forbidden pool uh, below the caves, Gollum is sentenced to death by the rangers. Frodo is able to convince Faramir to spare Gollum, and all are set loose to do as they wish before Faramir had learned from Frodo of their errand with the ring, though we largely distrust Gollum, of course. Yeah. Um so anyways, Gollum leads the two hobbits to uh, Menas Morgul and long and the long winding stair up to Kirith Ungol. Um, I always find that the chapters where Frodo and Sam are like, well, like actually in Mordor or like going to Mordor, they just feel so long just because it's kind of like, yeah. I guess Tolkien does a really good job of like kind of conveying what it feels like to be with them because it just feels like so long and like, like hard to read almost. Yeah. Not that it's like bad, but it's like you just exhausted. Yeah. You just feel like you're exhausted with them. Cause you're mentally like, oh exhausted. 
Anyways, so after climbing for what seemed like ages, the hobbits were led into a series of caves that reeked like like booty hole. Mm. Uh, oh, no. Gollum went ahead in the dark and mysteriously disappeared, of course. A little stinker. A little stinker. Uh, and then his design was revealed as Shelob the spider attacked the two hobbits. Uh, Frodo was eventually stung by Shelob, and he Oof. went limp and was tied up with some Oof. web uh, while Sam fought off Gollum. Uh, who would have really liked to personally kill him, you know. Uh, Anyway, Sam is able to escape and injure Gollum, but he is forced to follow after his master to save him once he kind of figures out that he's still alive. And then Gollum kind of hides around for a while. Um, And then after a little fiasco at the Tower of Kirth Ungol um, and a little miracle in Frodo's back, uh, Frodo and Sam are able to make uh, their way down into Mordor and to the roots of Mount Doom. Um, and Gollum, seething with rage that his plan had failed earlier with Shelob, follows behind again, and he almost gets caught by some orc scouts, too, that are looking for him. Um, anyway, so climbing up Mount Doom, uh, Frodo and Sam are ambushed by Gollum again. Uh, really no shortage of ambushings. Am- yeah. Ambushes? Am- am- Ambush-eye. ambush <laughs> Uh, by Gollum, so Frodo runs up. Uh, Frodo runs up a check. Uh, <laughs> no, Frodo runs up the uh, the mountain to Samoth Nower, which is the the doorway into Samoth Nower. Later, yeah. <laughs> uh, as so he can complete his quest while Sam stays behind again to deal with Gollum because this time it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so after beating him badly, Sam is about to kill uh, Gollum, but instead he finds pity for him in the last moment. Don't they all? So he kind of learns from his master Frodo and from Bilbo. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I think pity's the right way to go. Mm-hmm. So uh, within Mount Doom, Frodo actually abandons his quest and the, ru- the ring consumes his mind. And that's when Gollum reappears again to try and take back his precious. And that's where I will read my last passage. Here we go. And this will end the episode. Well, we saw, we saw stuff. Nope. It ends when I say it. Okay. And let me, a few more pages, a few more pages. Okay. Sam got up. He was dazed and blood streaming from his head dripped into his eyes. He groped forward, and then he saw a strange and terrible thing. Gollum, on the edge of the abyss, was fighting like a mad thing with an unseen foe. To and fro he swayed, now so near the brink that he almost tumbled in, now dragging back, falling to the ground, rising and falling again. And all the while he hissed but spoke no words. The fires below awoke in anger, the red light blazed, and all the cavern was filled with a great glare and heat. Suddenly, Sam saw Gollum's long hands draw upwards to his mouth. His white fangs gleamed and then snapped as they bit. Frodo gave a cry, and there he was, fallen upon his knees at the chasm's edge. But Gollum, dancing like a mad thing, held aloft the ring, a finger still thrust within its circle. It shone now as uh, as if verily it was wrought of living fire. Precious, precious, <laughs> precious, Gollum cried. My precious, are my precious. And with that, even as his eyes were lifted up to gloat on, the, on his prize, he stepped too far, toppled, wavered for a moment on the brink, and then with a shriek he fell. Out of the depths he came his last wail, precious, and he was gone. Dang. So there ends Gollum, along with the one ring, and... Because Gollum had sworn an oath to take Frodo and Sam to Mount Doom to destroy the ring, the ring had held them to it, and kind of the ring was its own 
uh, downfall, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, so that is the end of Gollum, a very tragic story. Mm-hmm. You know, man, who could thunk? Uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's liven it up a little bit with some trivia. How about? Sure. Yeah, you want me to go first? I got a real easy question for you, man. Yeah, I hope it's easy. <laughs> it is really easy. Uh, what is Gollum's favorite food? Fish. Yep. <laughs> Blind fish. Yeah, yeah. A bonus point, I guess, for that. Okay, one. I got an easy one. Okay. What type of hobbit was Smeagol? A store. A store hobbit. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, where was Gollum captured by Aragorn? Um, wasn't it? It was a little bit stinky. A little bit. It wasn't. Was it in Mordor, or was it outside Mordor? Right outside of it. Oh, what is it called? A little stinky. A little stinky. Yeah, they show it in the movie too. Him getting captured or that location? No, the location. Is it the um, that swamp? What is that place called? You're getting there. What is it? The uh, it's the place where the the battle happened mm-hmm. and all the elves and men and yep. stuff died. And it's the uh, the uh, what is it called? Um, <laughs> you're so close. Dang, am you, I thinking of the right place? I just gotta get. Yeah, the you name. are thinking of the right place. You just gotta get the right name. The I think you just gotta put those two things together, man. It's it's like a swamp, and there was a De- dead marshes. Yeah, there dead you go. marshes. Dead marshes. Yeah, that's like my favorite part. Yeah, and I I'm glad I did get that. Dead marshes. Good job, man. Good job. Okay, this one is um not something I mentioned, oh. but it's interesting, and you have a 25 percent chance of getting it because there's only four options. Oh, it's a multiple choice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so little backstory before the Lord of the Rings. That's my rap name. I call it. <laughs> <laughs> before the uh, Lord of the Rings movies were made when the Beatles were still a band oh. they uh, pitched a, sc- a screenplay of the Lord of the Rings to Stanley Kubrick who's a director yeah yeah um, and each of them each of the four Beatles had a uh, character they wanted to play which Beatle was wanting to play Gollum do you want me to go through the Beatles names you got man me. no <sighs> So let me just list them all just so I know I yes, know sir. them all. So there's George Harrison. Yes. Ringo Starr. Yes. Paul McCartney. Yes. And John Lennon. Yes. Okay, good. I'm just making sure I remembered them. Mm-hmm. It's always George Harrison that I forget for some reason. He yeah. is very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, He's my favorite, though. Okay. Well, he <laughs> plays guitar. Yeah. I guess the other ones do. <clears throat> yeah. I know. Was it? It was Ringo Starr. No. Oh, was it George Harrison? No. What? It was one of the two big ones, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I know one of the two big ones wanted to play Frodo. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. Remember. Okay, w- think about it. Which one looks more like Frodo? In which one, of the two, which one would be more of a Gollum? Uh, they're both British, so I don't know. <laughs> but like, like uh, Paul is like a heartthrob, and yeah. John is like the smart yeah. looking one when he has glasses and he's you know. I mean, I, if I if I had to guess, I would probably say John. Would yes. Be John. Smeagol. Okay. John wanted to play Smeagol. And aren't we all thankful that that never happened? Yeah, that would It been might awful. have been cool, but it would have changed the event of Lord. It would have changed Lord of the Rings for the yeah. world. What? Who was going to be way. Who was gonna be Sam? Uh, Let me see. I'll look it up. Um, But it was Paul who wanted to be... Uh, Frodo. Yeah. Uh, let's see... Uh, 
Let me get to it. Let me get. Let me talk to him. <laughs> let me talk to him. Okay, here we go. Paul McCartney as Frodo, John Lennon as Gollum, yeah. George Harrison as Gandalf, and Ringo Starr as Sam. Hmm. I could Ringo and Paul as Frodo and Sam makes sense, but George Harrison as Gandalf. Yeah, kind can, of. Can you see him with a beard? I think he did have a beard, but not like a little. No, like, not no like, yeah, not, not a, like, like a big one. Wizard beard. I think. George Harrison would be more of a uh, Aragorn with yeah, the I, looks. Yeah, I can see him more like Aragorn, 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 Aragorn. Yeah, and he's Shire. Yeah. Shy, um, not the oh. Shire. He's more shy is what I meant to say. Okay, let me look up Ringo Starr. I just got to see their faces and kind of picture. Yeah, I can see him as Sam. And then uh, Mr. Paul, Sir Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Is he a sir? Yeah, I think they're all sirs. Yeah, sirs? Sirs. Yeah, I can see him as a Frodo. Um, and then John Lennon, Mr. John Lennon, John, imagine if John Lennon never existed, we'd (laughs) have a better life. Uh, yeah, I can kind of see him as a golem, but can you see George Harrison as Gandalf? I don't know. Not really, but it's cool that they were big fans. Yeah. Um, I, can I get like a half point for that one? Because I, I, sure I got it before there were, I ran out of options. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And you, you all, 25% isn't a great chance, so. No, but it's still. We'll give it to you. Half point. Um, okay, this is the last question. It's a little bit harder. I don't think it's super hard. I think you can get it because I emphasized it a little bit when I was talking about it. Okay. Um, how long had Gollum wandered before finally entering Mordor? 300 years? No. Oh, well, no, you said 300 years before he crossed the. No. Before I thought he. I didn't say 300 at all. 30. Yeah. Sorry, it I was, don't know why I said 30. 330. Yeah. I'll give you that one, though. 30. I think he just added an extra zero. Yeah, just added, added an extra zero. 300, my dude. What? Um, what the? Yeah, so this is my last one. Okay, I didn't have much to pull from because there wasn't a much for trivia that wouldn't be super easy for you. So this one might be a little too hard, but um, I did mention it. What kind of disorder does Gollum have? If you get even close to it, I'll give it to you. It's like disassociative identity or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly it. So <laughs> I'll give you a point and a half for that. Sweet. So now you, we not, each now have three yeah, points. Sweet. Nice. John Lennon, <laughs> born in Liverpool, England in 1940. He was a baby boomer, basically. Aren't we all? Uh, well, He died December 1980, aged 40, in New York City from gunshot wounds. Yeah, he was assassinated. I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it. (laughs) Grant, no. You can't just say people deserve to die. I didn't say it. I said I'm not saying it. Good. Thanks for not saying it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's. He was 16 when he started being a little band boy. (laughs) That's a weird way to put playing music. (laughs) Spouses, Cynthia Powell, Yoko Ono, and he did have a partner named Maypang. Okay, let's get off the Beatles and on to Middle Earth Current Events. Let's get off the Beatles and come on to Bilbo. (laughs) Okay, welcome. (laughs) Let's do it together. Welcome, Welcome to, to Middle, Middle Earth, Earth Current Events. This is an event on, on Earth's Earth, Earth pertaining to Middle Earth. Earth. Okay. Good. That was cool. We almost got it. Everybody snap for us. 
Okay, I t- it's been a slow news week in Middle Earth, but I have two interesting stories. Um, oh, my answer for what is Gollum's favorite food is written down as fish. fish. So I'm gonna have to take away a point. I'm sorry. Yes. So we have a very we have two. One's kind of like cool, and one's just a boring story that just broke today, April. 3rd. I know what you're talking about the fire. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. So there was a big news. There was a fire on the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power set. Um, and the fire reportedly broke out uh, while it was filming its second season. It was an electrical fire and it was broke out in a warehouse on the outskirts of the back lot, uh, causing the Royal Berkshire Fire and Rescue Service to respond and put out the fire. Filming only stopped for an hour and then resumed as planned. So it's not a big deal. Nobody was hurt. Um, uh, nobody had to evacuate the studio site, so it was just a little fire. I know a bunch of haters are saying it, it's probably an insurance scam, so they can get more money to film. I'm I don't like, think nah, I don't, I don't think Amazon needs to do insurance <laughs> yeah, scams to get more money. I was money. like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, because um, the first season's budget was four hundred sixty-five million dollars. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna. And Amazon keeps getting on getting on. Amazon keeps getting richer. And I, I'll tell you what, the rich get richer and poor get poorer. Let me talk mm-hmm. about that. We're talking about this is a world economics with your your host, Garky McGurkins. <laughs> Garky McGurkins? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, well, uh, apparently a horse died on this set. Yeah, I saw that too. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I wonder if they're going to do like a in memoriam at the start of the episode. No. Or the first episode Prob- of the season. Probably in the credits, but... Now they can't say no animals were hurt on the filming of... Because one yeah. of them literally bit the dust. Yeah. Animals were hurt in the filming of this. They mm-hmm. should just include that. Um, <clears throat> no, I think it, they were doing, like, another, like, cavalry charge, I think. And I think mm-hmm. as they were prepping for it and getting the horses warmed up, I think one had, like, a heart attack and died. Dang. Yeah. People were calling for less CGI. They used it and... At what cost? At what cost? At what cost? It was one horse. It's going to be turned into... Top. Save a horse. Ride a cowboy. Ride a CGI cowboy. That's going to be turned into Taco Bell meat. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings horse coming to a Taco Bell near <laughs> you. Look, yeah. Look for it in select stores. Now we have the other piece of news, which is a little bit bigger than a little fire. Um. <laughs> so... Right, right, yeah. Do you remember when this rings of power first dropped the first episode and Amazon said it was their biggest show of all time. Yeah. And they had over a hundred million people tuning in. Yeah. By the end of the season. So the very episode eight, very last only uh, 37% of viewers who watched the first episode started it, watched all eight episodes. Yep. So which is pretty low. 37 million. Yeah. Which is still a lot of people, but still, yeah, thirty-seven. It says um, that was in America. Overseas, it was forty-five percent, which is higher. And just over half is a seems to be a good like uh, retention rate. Yeah. yeah. So just over half, but thirty-seven percent is still pretty low. Which not saying that the show is done for. It just means that not uh, it's not as big as. Amazon as they hoped yeah well because I don't I mean they did a good job with capturing everybody on the first episode because mm-hmm. it was big and everything yeah. and even though some of the stuff was like eh, I don't know about that um, I think they 
in like more towards like even like the second or third episode, they had a hard time of doing like writing good. <laughs> they had a hard time of doing writing good. Yeah. They had a hard <laughs> time of like the actual writing of the show and the plot. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just lost interest in like the whole story. And so they're like, eh, I don't really feel like finishing it. Yeah. You know, as much as I say, I don't like it just because it does not like work very well. I still like every once in a while, I still feel like, Oh, maybe I might rewatch the whole season just because it is like middle earth stuff. And, and not all of it is bad. Not all of it is bad. There are some. Just a stranger in Nori. Yeah, I don't like those. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, some of the stuff is like the. I mean the. You know the shots are really cool. Uh, some of the stories are cool. I like the dwarves. That's all really cool. So there's like some parts of it that I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to watch it just for like those parts and like the mm-hmm. music and all that sort of stuff. Elrond is cool. Um but like I'm like I never get around to it just because I don't feel like going through it again. But you know what? I might, might as well. Might have to do a refresher for season two. Yeah, yeah, that's true. My wife has still never seen it. She watched the first episode with me, and I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll keep watching it. I like I, it was my job to watch it, right? Yeah, as a, <laughs> well. as a Middle Earth podcaster, so I had Middle Earth uh, scholar. Yeah, as a Middle Earth scholar, so I had to watch it every like what was it like Thursday or Friday night that it came yeah. out. Um, so we could do the Rings of Power half hour on yes. it. Yes. Um, so that's when I watched it. But Maddie was always, she was always going to the gym right after work. And she always worked a little later anyway. So she never, yeah. she was, you know, she's, she was never home. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, she was, was never, himself. yeah, she was never home uh, like on that Friday night to watch it with me. And I'm like, I got to watch it so I can record tomorrow. So I just watched it without her. And then it was kind of hard to be like, well, you want to start from the beginning? Yeah, I started it. <laughs> With my fiance, and then I didn't have any interest in rewatching the episodes, and so then I can't remember if she just finished it herself or not. Yeah. Also, I think Maddie. But I do watch stuff with my fiance. It's not like I'm like I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch it with you. I'm a good guy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm good a, guy, man. I'm a good guy. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I think, I think Maddie would probably be a little annoyed too if I paused it like every minute and went like, "Well, actually, uh, uh, that's not true. That's not true." Because that's what I did by myself. Yeah. <laughs> talking to your dog. Yeah. That, that's not true. It was really funny because like every once in a while I'd be like, I'd pause and I'd go, well, well it's not like that in the books. <laughs> yeah. I talked to Finn like she was my friend. Mm-hmm. Finn's my only friend these days. All around me are familiar faces. Worn out places. Worn out places. <laughs> worn out places well that's all we got that's all we have that's all me got that's all we got and that's all we're gonna give yeah so check back in with us next week or two weeks from now yeah for our next episode which we don't know what's gonna be we're just flying by the seat of our pants around here we're just flying with the pants around our ankles yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we definitely are (laughs) we're flying around with a propeller on our hats yeah i don't really have much to add what to are this. what are what i want it raw or don't want it at all i want I'll, it raw don't want you to know i want it raw or i don't want it at all no, I, you sound like jason statham you look like him too when you do that no i'm, I'm token <laughs> oh token yeah jace jason jason token jason is statham and token sound very similar. Little known fact, Jason Statham is J.R.R. Tolkien. It Dang. As a young man who time traveled. That's crazy. And it created an alternate timeline. That'd be crazy if Tolkien 
is he his became an action actor. A action actor. An actor. I wonder if Tolkien if they made a Tolkien movie, like of him older, I know they made a younger one. Um <laughs> if they made an older one, if Jason Statham would play him. Oi. Bugger off. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't be Sir Ian McKellen because he's too tall. Yeah. He's too tall. Tolkien was apparently short. Yeah. He was a short king. Uh it's good to know that I was taller than him. Um, yes. No, actually, aren't they? There was that we in one of our. <laughs> sorry, I'm just <laughs> stuttering all over the place. In one of our current um, events for Middle Earth, uh, there was a movie that's coming out about C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Yes. Tolkien, uh, kind of about a little bit about their faith and their stories and stuff like that. But yes. I think it's supposed to go through like their lives a little bit mm-hmm. because C.S. Lewis and Tolkien weren't really like friends until like a little bit later. So. Or, like, they didn't really know each other until a bit lo- little bit later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'll probably have Tolkien as an older person in there. Yeah. But, um... The name's Tolkien. J-R-R Tolkien. Yeah. Bibbidi-boo. What? <laughs> I said bibbidi-boo. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. I got a sock. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, but this the Tolkien C.S. Lewis movie isn't like a huge budget one, so it's not going to be any big movie stars as them. Right, yeah, I know. So we're not going to see Jason Statham as Tolkien or <sighs> C.S. Lewis. That's too bad. Unless Jason Statham is exclusively working for this faith-based film project. <laughs> yeah. What if it's like a... like a, uh, um, What's that one movie where Lindsay Lohan plays the two girls? Parent Trap. Parent Trap. What if it's like the Parent Trap and C.S. Lewis is... And Tolkien <laughs> played by play. Jason Statham. Both played played by the Stathanator. The Stathanator. Yeah, that's my. Oh, I'm. We're close, so that's my nickname for him. Yeah. Yeah. He, I just call him Jason. Yeah. Because we're not very close. You know. Yeah. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll that, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.